For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good non-football Friday here on Birds 365. Hopefully we can get your weekend started on the right foot. We would be the Mac and Mac guys on Birds 365. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. And J-Mac, uh, not only is today show number 476 for you and I, and you and I have done most of them every once in a while. I miss one every once in a while. You're traveling with the Eagles, uh, but you and I have done most of the 476 together. This would be the end of week 99. Week we 99, have done yeah. 99 consecutive weeks of Birds 365. Now, there's a holiday Monday in there every once in a while, Thanksgiving. We take days off of Christmas. So that's why 40, 99 times 5 would be 495. We're only at 476. So that tells you we've had a couple of days off here or there. But as far as weeks go, We've done 99 consecutive weeks until after today's show. Yeah. Because uh, you and I are getting a little bit we're of like, high we're, we're like Cal Ripken. Uh, I, I, I don't want to go that far. We're like Cal Ripken. Yeah, but uh, we're getting a week off, man. How, how about, about that? that? Uh, what are all the poor people for what uh, stream in the birds 365 every single day? And we truly do love you. Have I expressed my love enough? I think I have. So you can return the favor by hitting the like button uh, on, on your during your listening time today with Mac and Mac um, and give us a good send off. We're not going away forever. We're just going away for a week. They said, guys, you worked hard. Uh, enjoy a week. Uh, take take some downtime. So uh, John and I will return 10 days from now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call get- it season three of Birds 365. That's what I'm going to call it. Season three. 
a bird's 365. Ra rather than waiting till April, which is our start date, we started yeah, yeah. Uh, April now, 1. Season you're 3, because it's get, a nice You're break. getting a month uh, jump mean, head start on it? Month, not, yeah. Well, you know, March 15th, new league year. Okay, you're, you're, you're lining up with the league. That that's yeah. uh, We, we kind of do talk about the league every single day, day in and day out, here on Birds 365. But yet next week, yes, John and I are off. Little hiatus for the show, but we are going nowhere fast, so we'll be back. Yeah, they'll be heading out to Indianapolis by the time we get back. Uh, we'll, uh, the combine runs, what, Friday to Tuesday? So we'll be getting back in the middle of it uh yeah. what what's today it starts next oh, it week starts tuesday and runs through tuesday. friday so we're tuesday gonna through friday so we'll come back with all the uh grades info. and the like yeah. and the rumors and the like from uh all the combine stuff uh so uh, next week we're off here but we got you for the next two hours we got two good guests coming your way two of our stalwarts who are here often uh, outstanding beat writers for the Philadelphia Eagles, Martin Frank and Dave Zangaro. Uh, we'll both uh, hop aboard with us today. All right, Johnny Mac, you can scratch one of the potential defensive coordinators off the list for the Philadelphia Eagles. We know that uh, Eagles and Jim Leonard decided to go in separate directions after he interviewed last week. Well, Vance Joseph made the call easy for the Eagles because he is returning to Denver, going back to the Mile High City. I'll ask, and I don't remember it off the top of my head. Do you ever remember a former head coach going back to a team that fired him as a coordinator at a later date? If there is one, I apologize for not remembering it. Just I, seems I think, strange. I think Wade Phillips is in that category, but I have to double check because, you know, Wade's coached everybody under, you know, twice. I, I, yeah. I believe Wade has done that. Uh, doesn't happen often but yeah i mean you can you can shine it up new because it's you know sean payton and obviously he's got a lot of cachet so um i don't think it's going to be a problem i i do think it's interesting you said scratch him off the list he was never on my list so i'm feeling pretty good i think i got a beat on this thing um but it was you know from the denver perspective i know Mike Cleese, who follows the Broncos, really plugged in there and had him, you know, saying he thought he had a good opportunity for the Eagles job and the Denver job. And I'm like, yeah, I, I you know, this is what I talked about it at the beginning of the week. I, I don't, you know, same thing with Jim Leonard. Yeah, he needs hip surgery. There's no question about it. But, you know, mutually, you know, agreeing to go in different, I, I, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying this. I, I don't think at the end of the day, and we'll see, I could be wrong and it will show up for season three. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I think it's Denard Wilson versus Sean Desai. I think it's been that from pretty much day one. And I think, you know, the Eagles can say when they ultimately make the decision, they can say, look at all the people we talked to, you know, this was an exhaustive, extensive search, and this is the best guy, Jody McDonald. That's what I think is going on here. And while I agree with your read on the situation, I brought this up yesterday. Um, if that's the way they do it, that's fine. It does give them some latitude to be able to say exhaustive search. We went to such great lengths. What am I to never 
freaking zoomed with uh, Vance Joseph. Oh, such great links to find the best coaching candidate you could. Yeah, right. Uh, get 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 out of the spin cycle. But he is the spin that they can't take off it. How many guys have they uh, interviewed for the offensive coordinator position, John? Yeah, uh, well, I said, you know, they may have interviewed people and it just hasn't come out yet. They're certainly not. The Eagles are not one of those teams that's going to say. There are certain teams that say, you'll see it on their Twitter accounts. We've completed an interview with such and such. The Eagles didn't even do that for their head coaching search, which I complained about to the team. They wouldn't even confirm the interviews for head coach. So, you know, they're a very clandestine organization as a whole. Uh, there are other teams that say, as I said, we've completed an interview with insert name for our defensive coordinator position for all, never mind head coach. Uh, most teams confirm head coaching interviews. Uh, the Eagles do not, at least they didn't as of when they hired Nick Sirianni two years ago. Um, so just because it hasn't come out doesn't mean they haven't done the, the, uh, as I said, they have to jump through the one hoop, and that's interview somebody from outside the organization that satisfies the Rooney rules. So if they ultimately come up on, you know, today at 10.05 and say Brian Johnson has been elevated to offensive coordinator, they would have had to have jumped through that hoop. So, you know, even though we didn't hear about it. So just because you don't hear about it, but clearly they – they know everybody's happy with Brian Johnson for whatever reason. It doesn't make a lot of sense, to be honest, versus, say, Denard Wilson. Right. That That's where I'm going with this, John. And I did yesterday. Let me repeat myself. If you're Denard Wilson, you can say everybody's happy with. Well, I'll tell you one guy who might not be, because in comparison, Denard Wilson had to wait and wait and wait and hear all these reports leaked by the Eagles or by whoever else. And not by the Eagles. Exactly zero people have, according to the Eagles or any other leaking sources, talked to a different potential offensive coordinator other than the guy that they hired from within. Hey, Denard has to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and watch everybody yeah, else I mean, come through here. I, he knows. he's He's been in the industry for a long time. He knows how it works. Assistant coaches know how it works. Um, how does it work? Do they do five or six or seven guys or do they do one? The, well, the Eagles you can't have do done one. this completely differently. You can't do one. So I don't know how you can say they know how it works. The Eagles did it two different ways. They They can't interview one candidate. So that that, that 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 assumption is just wrong. Just because I too, I'm sorry. The Eagles have, if you go by what's been released and they're keeping it under wraps, they couldn't keep the six or seven defensive coordinators they talked to under wraps, but they kept the one outside the organization that they talked to. So you're right. I apologize if they have to jump through hoops and they have to, uh, as per the rules, interview two. Two is compared to seven rather than one is compared to seven. Well, again, and if I if I told you a hundred percent, I know they've interviewed two people to be offensive coordinator. I would tell you I knew they I, I know they interviewed two people for offensive coordinator. I don't know that. If I if I told you, well, the Eagles interviewed um, technically, if you want to go by those reports, technically we don't even know if they've interviewed Sean Desai. Because that's never come out. Now, the Vance Joseph one, 
you know, there's this big, the Eagles interviewed him on Zoom. It was supposed to be Wednesday and Thursday. It was Tuesday and Wednesday. It was four and a half hours. There's all these concrete, there's all this concrete information about the Vance Joseph interview. Now, why, Jody? It's coming from one side, not the other. They want it out there. They want that hardcore information out there. And again, you go to the Denver reports. Oh, Vance could have had the Philadelphia job, but he he decided on the Denver job. Is that true? Because it was reported? Well, it's spun by one direction. Maybe it is true. I personally don't think it's true. But, you know, maybe it is true. Maybe Vance Joseph had an offer from the Eagles and said, you know what, I want to go back to Denver. I love Sean Payton. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Sean Payton's a potential future Hall of Fame coach. He's sort of on the borderline. It's possible. It's possible. Do I necessarily believe that report? I think it's one-sided. I think it's coming from one direction, and that direction is Mance Joseph's camp, and they're obviously going to spin things in a in a nice uh, a, a nice shiny way. I, I've said from the start, and again, maybe I'm wrong. I said to me, from from what Jeffrey Lurie did, tried to bring back Jonathan Gannon. From what Nick Sirianni has said continuously, not just in his season-ending press conference, he wants a specific style of defense um, that he prefers, that he thinks is difficult to deal with. And that indicates to me they're not looking to change from their philosophy, from their base philosophy. And that indicates to me Denard Wilson or Sean Desai, because those are the two candidates that that have experience in that philosophy. I could be totally off base, but as far as, you know, things leaking from one side, the other side, look, there's no doubt the Eagles are very comfortable with Brian Johnson. For whatever reason, they're not as comfortable with Denard Wilson. Maybe it's because they don't believe in Denard Wilson. Maybe it's because they like Sean Desai better. Maybe they do want to hire one of these college coaches and go in a different direction. Maybe they just want to pick their brains. There could be all these avenues, but they're set on Brian Johnson and they're set on Brian Johnson because of the quarterback. I, 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 I I think Denard Wilson is smart enough to know that, Hey, he doesn't have that connection. And there's nobody on defense as important to Jalen Hurts, even if he did. So the the quick move to to Brian Johnson has to do with making the quarterback happy, making the quarterback comfortable, and there's nothing wrong with that. They should do that. I think they're two completely different situations. Um, so you expect the Brian Johnson announcement before they are scheduled to leave for the combine on Monday? So we got three days or so. The Eagles before we tend hear. to the Eagles tend to introduce their coaching staff at one time. Right now, now that's been their history. Now, many times, like with head coach, you can't do that. Obviously, they, you hire a head coach, and then he's got to hire a staff. So it works a little bit differently. In this instance, say if they're going to promote both Brian and Denard, they're probably going to announce it at the same time. Will it leak? It's kind of already leaked. I mean, Nick pretty much went through his entire press conference talking about Brian Johnson like he was the offensive coordinator. I mean, you know, I so when it comes out, when it announces, 
Look, I thought they would have both in place by the combine because you would want coordinators to interview the the, the candidates to be drafted and all that kind of stuff. But remember, Jody, if the guys know behind the scenes, it's not that big of a deal. In other words, if, if Denard Wilson knows he's going to be the coordinator, they don't announce it until they get all their ducks in a row, but he's working out in, in Indy as the coordinator, it'll probably leak out but uh, they don't have to announce it. Well, if they do decide on who the defense coordinator is going to be before the combine, because that would only make sense um, when you finally, and I when I say you, I mean all you Eagle Beat reporters, uh, when you finally get a chance to meet, greet, and question the two new coordinators for the Philadelphia Eagles, I have faith that Martin Frank will ask to Denard Wilson, does it bother you that they brought in seven other candidates to interview, whereas your counterpart on offense had one unknown outside the organization complying with the Rudy rule uh, potential? But you're interview. assuming that's the end game, Jody. They might interview. They might interview Kevin Petullo in house. They probably will, to be honest. Uh, so that gets you up to three. They might be interviewing a bunch of college guys to get the innovation. As I say, innovation trickles up in in, in football, the football industry, not down. Um, they might be doing that, and it, and it hasn't leaked uh, 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 to the press. But it might be the same direction. You know, we're just picking people's minds because we have an opportunity. But with Denard Wilson, I think you know, no, and Brian Johnson's in the same category as well. And we'll use Vance Joseph. And Vance Joseph is a middling defensive coordinator, but he was a former head coach, and he's a big name. Now, he's got some cachet. Denard Wilson doesn't have any cachet. I, I'm, I'm sorry. He can't sit, oh, this is terrible that they've interviewed a bunch of guys and not promoted me. He's never been a coordinator before. That's when I say it's part of the industry. He understands that. He understands how it goes. I don't. I don't think it's going to be an issue at all. But we'll hear what our buddy Martin Frank has to say about that. Martin Frank up next with us here on Birds Three Sixty Five. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible 
While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one, and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs, and then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. end of a week show and then basically we got a week off we're just glad that martin frank decided to come on with us because he's going to take about uh two and a half hours off sometime soon when exactly is that going to be martin you know what i I actually just got back from my darkness retreat with uh yeah Yeah. we're we're in oregon you know somewhere in oregon in a 300 foot hole and and yeah, I feel refreshed. Nice. That would be the worst thing for me, Martin. I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. I don't want to yeah. be alone with my thoughts. Uh, but yeah, darkness retreats. Uh, let's talk about the Eagles' darkness retreat of, of searching for coordinators. They're in the dark. Uh, but it, you probably heard Jody and I discussing it, and you know, mm-hmm. leaking out defensive coordinator interviews, no offensive coordinator interviews. I, yeah. I think we all know Brian Johnson's going to get the job. Um, Jody thinks that might be an issue with Denard Wilson. Do you see some kind of uh, blowback if they go in that direction? They might not even hire Denard Wilson, but if they go in that direction. Um, blowback from hiring Denard Wilson? Um, yeah, in the sense that, you know, if you're promoting one and it's pretty clear, um, you know, Brian Johnson isn't going through this rigorous testing against other candidates, right. whereas Denard is, does that create some kind of political issue, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about that. Like, you know, if you're Denard Wilson and stuff, you know, you want to be a coordinator and I haven't heard of him getting any opportunities to interview elsewhere, which would kind of lead me to believe that he did get one in Cleveland. He did get one in Cleveland, but that's it that I know of. Has DC before Schwartz got the job? Yes. 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 Um, But that's the first I've heard. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would think that 
you know, either he's in line to be the coordinator. I mean, if he's not the coordinator and they bring in someone from outside, I mean, is Denard Wilson happy still being a defensive backs coach with the Eagles? I mean, it would seem like, uh, you know, kind of the same thing with Brian Johnson that, you know, perhaps, um, you know, some kind of, I don't want to say some kind of deals in place, but, you know, Brian Johnson could have interviewed any number of places for an offensive coordinator based on the past two years of work with Jalen Hurts and everything. And I mean, the fact that he hasn't um, would seem to indicate that he's the guy. And I know they brought in a bunch of guys or talked to a bunch of guys for defensive coordinator, which is the only thing we've really heard. Um, but maybe that's more to get a just lay of the land to see who's out there. I mean, I think if Vance Joseph hadn't gone to Denver, maybe he would be the guy, but like of the others remaining, you know, maybe Sean Desai, you know, a guy from Temple, uh, you know, a guy who's been a defensive coordinator before, but like, I, I can't see if they bring in, uh, if they bring in somebody from the outside, I mean, I can't see, uh, I'm not sure Denard Wilson would be happy staying, you know, in his current role. Um, but who knows? I mean, you know, I think it's just kind of like a waiting game and, and they're waiting out to see, you know, if any of the candidates that they're talking to are better than Denard Wilson, in which case they would go with Denard Wilson. Otherwise, you know, maybe they make a change, realizing that that could also mean that they'd have to change their defensive backs coach. I'm hoping that the Eagles are making their decision based on who's best for the job, not who's best suited to go somewhere else that, uh Oh, if we don't give him the job, he could go elsewhere. I think that's a backwards way of doing things. And you only partially hinted at that, Martin. I hope that's not the case. My point was only, and he'll get over it. He wants the job. He'll take the gig. The fact right. that right now on the Eagle staff, it's heavy on the offensive side. Nick Sirianni's an offensive coach. So mm -hmm. he's going to be more involved on the offense. The guy who's got more latitude is the defensive coordinator. It seems to me to be the more important hire of the two. And one, they're right. going through certain links to try and find just the right guy. And John thinks they're going to end up hiring the in-house guy anyway. And the in-house guy on the offensive side is a guy who, at least as per what we know as of right now, they haven't interviewed anybody else. But they have to interview at least one guy to fulfill the Rooney rule. It just, it seems odd to me and we'll see how uh, they handle it when they get it done. How big a deal is this? We're, we're talking about it a lot. Uh, you just gave us uh, some potential insights. Into the coordinators that are leaving were both very good here in Philadelphia. How difficult a job is it going to be filling their shoes? Um, it's going to be pretty hard. I mean, you know, I know there are a lot of people who, uh, aren't necessarily Jonathan Gannon fans here, but, you know, you look at the job he did with the defense, you know, number two overall defense, number one passing defense. I mean, the Super Bowl results being what they are, um, notwithstanding, you know, he turned that into a really good defense. And, you know, Nick Sirianni, like you mentioned, is an offensive type of coach. So he's going to give that defensive coordinator a lot of autonomy. I mean, working within what Nick Sirianni wants out of the, you know, defense, you know, the kind of scheme and everything, but it's pretty much up to the coordinator as to, you know, what he does with it and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a very important job, especially on the defense more so than the offense. I mean, you know, the offensive coordinator you want, you know, for Nick Sirianni, you want somebody who's in simpatico 
with what you're doing. And obviously Brian Johnson being on the staff for the last two years would be, you know, Shane Steichen obviously was, I mean, he took over the play calling. I mean, that's the only thing that may or may not give you pause about Brian Johnson is, you know, can he call plays? I mean, you know, Shane Steichen obviously did a great job with that. I think they went something like 23 and eight after uh, Sirianni turned over the play calling duties to him. And, you know, Johnson, I guess, would be untested at the NFL level. I think he did call plays as a coordinator in college. Um, so, I mean, but he knows Sirianni pretty well. I mean, he's been in the system for two years and, and he's got the seal of approval from quarterback Jalen Hurts. So that would seem like a pretty seamless transition. Um, it's more the defensive coordinator, you know, that I think is why they're taking more time. And I think that's why they've also interviewed a bunch of candidates just to make sure they get the right guy. I uh, want to get back to the defense, but you brought up something that I think is, you know, glossed over. And that was the fact that Shane Steichen was a really good play caller. I mean, really good. He just had a knack for it, you know, so many times. And we got to talk to him a bunch behind the scenes. Martin doesn't say much in front of the cameras, but is more open behind the cameras. He had a knack for setting people up. So he would run a play, run a play, run a play, and then go back to it and do something off of it that would catch the defense off guard. Um, You know, a lot of people call plays. A lot of people don't have a knack for it. I don't even know Mm -hmm. if Nick had a knack for it, to be honest with you. I know Shane had a knack for it. Brian's going to call the plays. Nick has already confirmed that. Um, Are we just assuming he's going to be as good? As, as Shane Steichen because he called plays at the college level because boy, I I, yeah. don't, I I don't I think it's a more difficult job. Just the the feel for it is more difficult than people realize. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, it's not an automatic that you know if Brian Johnson gets the offensive coordinator job and he's calling the plays that it's going to be great. I mean. You know, he's going to have some trials and tribulations um, to go through and everything, and he's going to have to prove that he can do it. You know, maybe it's a scenario where, you know, Nick starts off, you know, starts off the season maybe calling plays and then gradually hands it over to um, to Brian Johnson. I mean, Andy Reid has kind of done that in Kansas City with Doug Peterson um, when he was the offensive coordinator. And then I know with Matt Nagy uh, when he was the offensive coordinator, I, I guess he didn't really do it with Eric the enemy, which is kind of curious because, you know, he's been the coordinator there for like the last five or six years before getting the Washington job. He but. did He did at times. He would give it. And he's interesting. You know, when Doug was here at the end, Martin, he, he, you know, when he was trying to give the team a little bit of a boost, he gave some play calling duties to press Taylor and Rick uh, Scangarello. Right. Uh, Scangarella. I should, I got to get that right. Um, and nobody knew it. So, I mean, there is the ability to sort of toggle back and forth. Yeah. Um, and maybe Nick does that. Um, but boy, I, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, we, we only got a small sample size of Nick, but it wasn't as good as Shane. No, Um, I mean, Nick was what, two and five, right? Yeah. As far as we know. Yeah. As far as we know. Um, well, he started in that Chargers game, which they lost, uh, but they played very well. That's That was Shane's first game. Um, and then they just took off. And he's just yeah. a really good play caller. And I yeah. think that's rare. I think that's rare. 
and I'm a little concerned about it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you do have Jalen Hurts at quarterback, though, and, you know, he can kind of make a lot of coordinators um, look better than they are by turning something into nothing, which, you know, you'll often that do. Helps. Yeah, so, um, you know, maybe Brian just says, all right, Jalen, make a play or something like that. You know, here, here's a pass to A.J. Brown. If it's not open, run and get 15 yards. So, you know, a lot of times that, that'll definitely help. Um, you know, he knows, like I said, uh, Brian knows Nick Sirianni's system. He knows Shane Steichen, his method of thinking and everything. So we might be making more of it than it really is. I mean, you know, if he deserves a chance, then he's going to get the chance. And uh, it seems to be heading in that direction. I'm going to guess that Brian Johnson doesn't go down the Buddy Ryan route of just go make a play, Randall, with uh, Jalen Hurts. I, I think he'll have him a little bit more structured, but that's just a guess on my part. Um, so we know Jalen Hurts is going to be here. Is he going to be handing the ball to Miles Sanders? Yesterday, Miles went out of his way on social media to say he loves the Philadelphia Eagles and he hopes they love him back. Any of this going to work, or is it a foregone conclusion, a fait accompli that Miles Sanders going to be running the football elsewhere next year? I think it's pretty pretty close to saying that he's probably going to be elsewhere. I, I just think, I mean, you know, Miles wants to get paid. I mean, if you're a running back and you get a chance for a second contract, you want to get every last penny because a running back career does not last as long as other positions. I mean, this could be his last contract. So, you know, guys like him, guys like Saquon Barkley, you know, they're going to get everything they can. And if not, you know, I mean, the only way he comes back is if, you know, there are no offers from out there. He takes like a, you know, a prove it type of deal with the Eagles. But I don't, I don't really see that happening. And I think the Eagles are kind of, you know, looking at this opportunity, you know, saying, all right, we got Kenny Gainwell coming back. Maybe he's not the number one back, but we do have four. We do have four picks in the first three rounds, and we can definitely get a good running back there who's 21, 22 years old. Um, who can carry the load for the next three or four years, you know, the length of his contract or whatever, and then go from there. I mean, I think that's kind of how they view the running back position. I don't think they're going to give Miles Sanders the money that he wants, and I think I think Miles kind of knows that too, which is why he's kind of hoping the Eagles, you know, making this publicity campaign to help, to hope the Eagles bring him back. Well, you mentioned that prove-it deal coming back. I think that's – I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you, Martin. 90% miles is gone. But I do leave the door slightly ajar for this reason. Uh, one, there's a lot... Teams are getting smarter around the league, and everybody doesn't want to pay running backs. There's always been those teams, Dallas, the Giants, um, luckily for the Eagles in the division, Uh Minnesota with Dalvin Cook, Carolina before with Christian McCaffrey, really good players that they would pay the running backs. Um, those teams are getting smaller and smaller because they see how it works out. Even when guys play well, like McCaffrey was phenomenal after he got traded. Cook's been phenomenal. Elliott had some great seasons. Uh, Saquon's been the best player on the Giants offensively when healthy. But it doesn't work from a contract standpoint. It just doesn't work. Right. So I think there's smarter teams, and there's more smarter teams. There's always a couple of dummies. Don't get me wrong. But and then 
if the dummy teams are there, still there, two or three, there's Josh Jacobs to look at. There might be Saquon Barkley, depending on what the Giants do. There's some mm-hmm. other ones. Uh, uh, who, who's a free agent? Is Tony Pollard Scott. a free agent? Pollard's a free agent. Yeah. So yeah, but they're right, higher. They're higher up than Miles. Yeah. True. I mean, you know, there might be such a glut of running backs on the market that he might not have much of a choice. Yeah. But, you know, maybe if the Eagles are offering one year and and other teams are offering two or three with, you know, the same amount of money, he would take the two or three year deal over the Eagles one year. You know, I mean, if the Eagles really want Miles Sanders back, he would be back. But I, I can't I can't see it. I mean, I just. I just think that, like, the way they view running backs, you can draft a guy, um, pay him, you know, the rookie contract and everything, and he can give you what Miles Sanders can, especially in the offense with Jalen Hurts being such a running, you know, a plus one type of running threat. You know, I'm not saying you could throw anybody out there and he can gain a thousand yards, but I mean, he could definitely, you know, if you draft someone who's pretty good, you've got a good chance of picking up right away. You know, right where you left off with Miles Sanders. Yeah. I don't see... Might even be Trey Sermon, to be honest. I think you're Might close. Be. I think I think Martin Frank or Jody McDonald could get nine sixty behind that <laughs> offensive line with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, nine sixty, I'd take that anytime from a running back in, yeah. in this offense for sure. Hey, now you mentioned one name, John, and I get this from both you guys because you're down there. Hey, talk about a guy who becomes a complete non factor, Trey Sermon. They get him right at the end of camp. Uh, he's on the roster all year long. He is one of those guys. You, you're handed that sheet every week. Inactives. And it's Trey Sermon. He's basically inactive every time. Do we have any bloody idea what Trey Sermon is or what the Eagles no. think about him? No, not really. We know no. the Sermon of the Book of Job. That was our <laughs> joke with the inactives. Because often it was Trey Sermon, Ian Book, Josh Job. Uh, the sermon from the book of Job, but uh, well, yeah, no, we don't humor know. out of the Eagles uh, press box. Huh? Very good guys. Yeah. I give you credit. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, sermon's a guy who is kind of weird. Like he was a third round pick for the 49ers uh, in 21 and, and they gave up on him after one year. So, I mean, maybe there's something there and then he never played with the Eagles. So I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I think they're probably going to look for the look to the draft to find a running back. I mean, if Sermon ends up having a great camp and prove himself, maybe he can be you know working that rotation as well. Um, you know, you don't know necessarily if Boston Scott's coming back. So technically, Kenny Gainwell is the only guy under contract, you know, coming back next year. So yeah, maybe. it could be it could be Kenny Gainwell, Trey Sermon, and Kennedy Brooks. Would you be happy with that group? I would almost guarantee that the Eagles draft a running back with their second round pick, which I think will Stack be in the it. 60s. You think they're going that high? It, yeah. I, I think I, they're going that high. I think second it round. could possibly be with that number 30 pick now, in the first we'll, round. Won't do it. Won't do it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm I'm and we'll, we'll go draft. Daniel Jeremiah is doing his pre-combine conference call today. Um so I got to delve into draft prep, Martin. But if the Eagles are going to take a running back, you know, and by the way, that 30th pick overall, no matter who it is, 
I think they're more likely to trade out because the difference between 30 and 33 is so significant from right. a financial perspective. And certainly at that position, if they're looking at a running back, I think you got to fall back into early in the second round at least. And and you pick up because, remember, the Eagles don't have, what, fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks right now. Right. So they need to accumulate picks later in the draft. I think it makes sense to drop from 30 to begin with, but really mm-hmm. makes sense if you're thinking about a running back at 30. Yeah, but the key the key at the end of the first round is always somebody wants to get their hands on a quarterback. So yeah, they can give them that and let them. Let them. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't a quarterback that deserves to go there. Who's going to be the team that's moving up to get a quarterback because they desperately want to give him five years? And two quarterbacks worth giving five years to in this draft, and they're going either one, two, or one, three. Well, there's or a lot there. more. Yeah, never you, say you never. Want, you never want, say yeah, never. Good, good luck with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Well, Will Levis, uh, Will, two poor Will teams Le- get stuck with those stiffs. Well, you can call them stiffs, but they're <laughs> That's going exactly in. what I'm calling them stiffs. They're going mm-hmm. in the first round. I'm very confident. I, I just that. remember. I just remember five years ago. Eagles had the number 32 pick, and like John said, they traded out of the number 32 pick with the Baltimore Ravens, and Ravens ended up getting Lamar Jackson. So that was yeah, that was a nice deal. And the Eagles got that was the Dallas Goddard year, so it's not like uh, the Eagles did a good job with that. But Baltimore's very happy as well, where they were happy if they could sign the guy. But yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, it just. You know, I'm saying like if the Eagles stay at number 30, everything stays the way it is. And and the guy from Texas, B. John Robinson, is still there at number 30. I mean, I can see them pulling the pulling the trigger on that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they obviously want to get extra picks in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round. So there's a very good possibility they trade out of that pick. But if they keep it and there's a running back there, I would I would pull the trigger. If they yeah. think he's the running back guy. Eagles first round, you heard it from Martin Frank. That's bold. That is bold. <laughs> and and what happens if they lose uh CJGJ? Are they gonna go safety with that number 10 pick? So that you're telling me they're taking a safety and a running back in the first round? Yeah, uh, not in my life, not in my lifetime, <laughs> not as long as Howie Roseman's running that draft. That's got no chance of happening. Those are the two positions they draft. I don't know if they if they address like uh, safety or cornerback in free agency. I mean, they might not. You know, I mean that kind of how he does tries to do that. Like you know, address as many needs as possible in free agency, and then go into the draft with the idea of picking whoever the best player is. Um, you know, he's been pretty good at that. You know, over the past few years at least. So I mean, it's just the draft is just one of the processes that he uses in order to, you know, in order to fill out the roster. So, you know, chances are if they address some and of those And he does a good now. job. He does. He obviously, he's coming off an executive of the year season. And Howie will always remind people, well, he tries to, that, you know, he was getting killed the first week of free agency last year. The Eagles aren't doing anything. <laughs> yeah. And boom. Yeah, it's more than one week. It's more than a one-week process, but uh, um, you do get that immediate reaction. I, I, I do think if the Eagles stay at 10, cornerback is the most likely selection. Um, yeah. it's a, it seems to be a deep corner draft. Um, 
couple of years ago, the Eagles were trying to get J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan. It didn't work out for him. Bradbury's probably leaving. Slay is 32. Had a great first half, kind of faltered a little bit in the second half. It looks like a strength on paper. It was a strength, but it, there's a lot of uncertainty at cornerback for this team. Um, does that make sense for you? It does, but then you also have to offset it with the fact that they're going to need to draft defensive linemen. Um, you know, chances are they could be losing BG. Um, you know, a lot of those guys they had a defensive tackle aren't coming back. Um, Robert Quinn's not coming back. I know much to everyone's chagrin. Um, I like Robert. Gonna... I like Robert. But they do yeah. have Derek Barnett coming back. I think people no, don't say that. that in front of Jody. <laughs> don't say that. Well, hold on. Have you two guys been drinking? Really? <laughs> what? Are you either one of you drinking? I didn't coffee? say it. What Blake do you Martin. like? No, hear you first, McFarland. What do you like about Robert Quinn? What did Robert Quinn do? No, for I like team? him as a person. He cost him a, a fourth round draft pick, and I'm still waiting. I'm, no, he hasn't made a play. Uh, what do you like about Robert <laughs> Quinn? I like him as a person. Oh, okay. I wasn't saying as a player. Yeah. I like him as a person uh, well, too. Um, but nice knowing you. We'll stay, we'll pay for your parking if you need to get out of town. Sorry, he did nothing. And Derek Barnett, oh my God, that was the one swing and a miss that Howie Roseman had this offseason. How the hell did he get a two year deal? What was what was Howie <laughs> thinking about with that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I just I just know that they need depth on the defensive line and stuff. So. You know, if oh, that great depth that Derek Barnett provided this year, if there's he, an edge he rusher, cheered him on from the sidelines. That was great, Martin. What a contribution he made. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But I'm saying if there's an edge rusher at number 10 and there's a cornerback at number 10, I think they're going to go with whoever they think is better at those two positions. Does, does, uh, the, ed, does the edge rusher depend on whether or not Brandon Graham comes back? If they got Brandon Graham back and they've got um, Hassan Reddick and Josh Wett and uh, Brandon Graham, who I know can duck in, inside and gives you line flexibility. But if you're going to use the number 10 pick in the draft, you're usually banking on someone who's coming in and starting. He'd be the fourth rotational guy in a two-player position. Really, you're getting your bang for your buck if you're taking it. I get it. How he will always draft for depth, and that's what he did last yeah. year in the draft first round, second round, third round. But that's first round top 10. You think he'll go uh, with an edge guy when he's already got the edge guys he has? Uh, yeah, because you know, Brandon Graham, if he comes back, it's for one more year. Derek Barnett, your your favorite guy, had would have one more year, so they're going to have the same issue um, the next year. So yeah, if you can bring in a guy and kind of work him himself in as, in a, as a rotational guy, then you know by the following year he's ready to take over. It's kind of the same philosophy they had, you know, with Jordan Davis and Cam Jurgens and Nicobe Dean. You know, um, if there's a if there's an edge rusher there who they think is better than let's say the cornerback who would be there, they would go with the edge rusher, knowing that they're still going to well, have yeah, that. They always they're always going to default. How he said, I mean, they're always going to fall to defensive offensive lines. So if it's yeah. even between those two players, yeah, Martin's right. They're going to default to the the defensive lineman, um, but it's got to be even and. 
we'll we'll see how things shake out. You mentioned those second year players. They're three very important players because I think you know Jordan Davis's uh, role is going to be elevated. We know somebody's not going to be back, whether it's Fletcher or Javon. So he's got to take on a bigger role. Um, Kobe Dean, in theory, you can sign one of the linebackers, but not both. T.J. Edwards, Kaiser mm-hmm. White, so that would elevate Nicobe Dean. And then, depending on what Jason Kelsey does, um, if he retires, Cam Jurgens is your center. Um, if he's playing, I think they let Isaac walk, and then mm-hmm. Cam's probably your right guard. Um, we didn't get to see much of any. We got to see plenty of Jordan. Jordan was actually playing pretty well uh, until the high ankle sprain. Then they got Lynn Ball right. and and um his playing time kind of uh dipped uh so we know a little bit about him the other guys we don't know much about other than cam jurgens looked like jason kelsey in the preseason we know nicobe dean his college career are you comfortable with those guys taking that next step um hmm I guess the best way to answer that is is the Eagles better be comfortable because a lot of their success next season is is riding on those guys. Um, you know, if Jordan Davis can't, you know, take that big step next year and become like a main cog in, in the rotation, then they're in trouble. Um, it's the same thing with N'Kobe Dean. If he can't take over at linebacker and give him at least what Kaiser White gave him, then, you know, they're in trouble. And you know, same thing with Jurgens. If he's whether he's playing center, you know, if Kelsey retires a right guard. If if Isaac Samalo leaves, I mean, he's got to be able to step right in. I mean, they do have some depth on the offensive line, so maybe he's got a little bit more of a leeway. But uh, if Jurgens is playing center, I mean, that's you know that's a main position in in Jeff Stoutland's, you know, on the offensive line. I mean, he he puts a lot of responsibility on the center and and you know what better way for Jurgens to learn than spending a year behind Jason Kelsey so you know he's those guys have to be ready I mean that's that's kind of like the Eagles plan and it's kind of like the same thing the Chiefs did I mean they let a lot of guys go you know last year and stuff they turned their secondary over to a bunch of rookies yeah um, yeah you know and it, it, that's how you got to do it once you pay your quarterback you've got you've got to get key contributions from young guys like that. And, and that's kind of how the Eagles are setting it up. So, you know, if those guys can't fill in, the Eagles are going to be in trouble next year and, and they're going to need production out of their draft picks this year, especially the early round ones too. I mean, it's not going to be a situation where they're getting a redshirt year. They're going to have to play too. All right, Martin. Although I want to be on the record that I think Ari Roseman deserved executive of the year. I think he had one of the best off seasons I can remember a GM having in a decade, but he did have his swings and misses, the biggest of which was Derek Barnett, who you really think is going to come back and play next year? Do, do you think that's a possibility? Uh, he's under contract. I'm not, I'm not predicting 10 sacks or anything like that, but I mean, you know, if he's on the roster – you know, with all the guys they're losing, I mean, they might need them. That's all I'm saying. If he if he gets ten sacks, it'll be for someone in the XFL. But um, <laughs> the other swing and a miss that Howie kind of had, and sorry to point this out, Howie was Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox didn't live up to fourteen million dollars, and John just uh, shared with me yesterday the Pro Football uh, Focus said that they think he can get a two year eighteen million dollar deal. 
I, I don't know who from, but uh, uh, how he did the whole cut him, bring him back thing, gave him 14 million. Fletcher's not the player he once was. I get it. He's an all-time great. Now he's just one of the rotational guys. Is he coming back again? Is how we going to overpay him again? I don't. I don't think so. I think the only way Fletch comes back if it's if he takes like a discounted one-year type of deal. It won't be fourteen million. And and I think it's kind of the same with BG. If those guys can find, you know, better deals elsewhere, then they're going to go. Um, you know, I. You know, I, I know those guys have been great Eagles for like so many years and, and ideally they'd want to spend their entire career in Philly and stuff. But I think it's kind of gotten to a point where, you know, the Eagles say, OK, if you really want to come back and spend the rest of your career as an Eagle, you know, it's going to have to be a year by year basis. And, you know, this is what we can afford to pay. If you can find a better deal elsewhere, take it. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, if you know, Fletch gets a two-year deal. It won't be from the Eagles, so he'll be playing elsewhere. If that's what he wants, yeah, he's going to go somewhere else. Uh, same with BG. If someone's going to give him a two-year deal, um, he's going to take it, just like, uh, what was his name, uh, Steven Nelson last year. The Eagles yeah. would love to have him back instead of, you know, getting Bradbury. But once, you know, the Houston Texans offered him two years, you know, you got to take it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. You lose Steve Nelson, you get James Bradbury. Yeah. At M. Frank NFL, follow Martin on Twitter, read him at DelawareOnline.com. I can't believe I didn't ask you this because for those who don't know, uh, Martin Frank is a Michigan man, so he's on the boat with Stephen Ross commiserating, I assume. (laughs) Um all the Michigan men are thick as thieves. What can you tell us about Jesse Minter? That's one of the the defensive coordinators the Eagles believed uh, uh, either want to talk to, have talked to. One of those college guys, Glenn Schumann from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Is it Schumann, Jody? Schumann, you can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Um, and then who else? Uh, oh, Chris Shula. Shula. Um, uh, spoke, uh, but he's more of a Rams. Wasn't there a third college guy? Am I missing? Uh, um, Schumann, you had oh, leaving uh, that oh, from uh, Leonard, uh, from yeah, Wisconsin. Oh, Jim Leonard. Yeah, Jim Leonard, yeah. who already bowed out. But, uh, what, what Jesse Minner, what kind of defensive coordinator was it? Well, I mean, he's got the Harbaugh connection. So before he came to Michigan last year, he was, he was yeah. with, uh, on John Harbaugh's staff. So he does have some NFL experience. Um, and, you know, people rave about him because, you know, he took over as coordinator at Michigan last year and they lost a ton of guys to the NFL um, in the draft last spring. And he had, the defense was even better than it was the year before. So, you know, he's a pretty young guy. He's got, ex- he's got that Harbaugh, Harbaugh experience. Um, so, you know, he, he could be in demand. I don't know if he's, you know, ready to take over an NFL defense or not, but um, he's got some promise. I mean, they like looking at pretty much every avenue. I mean, you know, for coaches, you know, head coaches as well as coordinators. So, um, it- And his dad used to be here as a linebackers coach under uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah. Uh, Rick yeah, that's Manager. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. All right, Martin, last one for me, and I saved the most <clears throat> important question for last. Um, I'm going to need you to analyze your uh, scripture reading in the Eagle Press Box again. 
Will Ian Book be the backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles this year? The only one that's locked in is that Hurts guy at starter. Backup, development. Does he move from development up to backup? Do they have faith in Ian Book? Or is he going to be on that Trey Sermon list of inactives again next year? Who's going to be the backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023? I'm going to go with the book. I'm going to go scripture, book of Job. Um, I'm going to say Ian Book will not be the number two Ooh. quarterback next year. Um, I'm going to go uh, the obvious route. Are you going that route? I'll let you go, Martin. The obvious route? Um, to me, as it is. As far as free agency. Backup quarterback, yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to find someone in, in free agency. Um, Jacoby you know, Brissett. I'm going to go with. Yeah, he would be a very good one. Um, you know, knows Nick Sirianni well. And I remember from last summer, he was raving about Sirianni. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they were thick they, as thieves, uh, yeah. Yep, yep. And you know how much Sirianni loves his guys. I mean, Zach Pascal, um, I could see Jacoby Brissett, definitely. I mean, as long as the money's right, um, you know, they don't have, they're not going to spend ten million on a backup quarterback. So, um, right. But isn't isn't Jacoby Brissett like kind of used to thinking about maybe I can get into a game? Hasn't he done that every year for the last however many years? Jalen Hurts stays healthy. He never sees the light of day. Well, he knows he's going to play well, one or two. You know that's the history. He missed two yeah, games. I mean, He's two been years, a starter he's missed, for two years. He's yeah. missed a couple games each each year. And, you know, some of those games, you know, he gets in, in the fourth quarter. You know, Minshew played quite a bit. I wouldn't say a ton, but, you know, he played probably more than your typical backup NFL quarterback. Um, so, yeah, depends on where they are in their careers and what they what they want out of it. Um, you know, if Brissett is trying to be a starter, he's not going to come yeah, to the Eagles. And he's not but, coming here. You know, if he's happy as a backup and, you know, his pal Nick Sirianni's with him and stuff and, you know, he thinks he can get into a couple games and, you know, maybe challenge for a Super Bowl, maybe he does, you know. To me, the levels of backups come into play as well. Are you backing up Patrick Mahomes or are you backing up uh, Ryan Tannehill? I'd, I'd rather be backing up Ryan Tannehill because he could spit the bit and I could take over the starting quarterback position. They're going to stay with that Mahomes guy no matter what. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the way I would look at it if I were Jacoby Brissett and or any of the other quarterbacks who will be free agents who have been starters in the league for more than just a handful of games. Quite possible. I mean, if you're uh, someone's offering you $8 million to hold a clipboard, I mean, there are yeah, that's not jobs. bad. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not there are worst jobs in the world, yeah. you know. Uh, good luck to Jacoby Prasad to get eight million dollars. I think he may get five, but he's not getting eight. Martin, good stuff as always. Uh, we're glad you uh, came out of your hole, saw your shadow. Promised two more weeks of uh, winter. Uh, thank you for doing so with us today. We're going to talk. Maybe you can get Aaron Rodgers as a backup. Would that work? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I can't think of anything that could possibly go wrong. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that wouldn't be a problem. Uh, Martin, thanks, bud. We'll get, we'll get you back on in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Martin. The white T-shirted Martin Franks. You notice he always wears the white? He gets away with the white. He's always got it under some kind of sweater. He's a, he's a well-dressed guy. I wear a T-shirt. I only wear one T-shirt. There's no there other T-shirt go. underneath yeah. here. 
right. He's John McBone. I'm Jody McDonald. We got plenty left to talk about, including getting together with Dave Zingaro from NBC Sports Philly. He should join us in just about 20 minutes from now. Keep it there on Burge 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And I know you will, too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, you Mac and Mac guys, Jody McDonald and John McMullen here with John Birds 365. We thank Martin Frank for hopping in 
Um, we got off on a little bit of a running back tangent there with uh, Martin, and uh, it seems, unfortunately, for the Miles Sanders fans out there, we're kind of three for three thinking that uh, Miles is not going to be back as the running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, we ran down the other guys who are available in the free agency class this year. Jacoby Brissett only led the league in rushing. Saquon Barkley, one of the biggest playmakers. Uh, Tony Pollard, who uh, that knucklehead Skip Bella said, I'll take Pollard over uh, uh, the, the Denver running back. Come on, stop it. He really said that, uh, that he would take Tony Pollard over Christian McCaffrey. I like Pollard. He's a good back. I would say Miles is probably the fourth-rated running back with Pollard being third and Miles being fourth. But there's some other guys out there that are going to get more money than him. Who's going to pay Miles? If, if we're all banking on I, Miles that's, being That's elsewhere, what I'm saying. That's why I brought it up. I mean, there are there are very few teams to begin with willing to play, pay significant money and I call them dumb teams, to a running back. They're, so that number is very small to begin with. And then you got to knock off the, the the players that are better than Miles or who are thought to be better than Miles. And all of a sudden, there's not 16 teams willing to pay running backs, Jody. There's like three or four, and that number's declining every year. Who knows? Maybe everybody got smart after watching Isaiah Pacheco in the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's more likely than people think. I don't think it's likely. I still say it's 85 90% miles is gone. But there's a slight chance that he doesn't find what he thinks he's going to find on the open market and comes back to the Eagles, and the Eagles say, all right, we'll give you a one-year deal for – three, four million with a lot of incentives that if you perform, there's a slight chance that could happen. Now, if you're Howie Roseman, now there's both good and bad uh, with the answer to this question. 2020 hindsight. I would have liked to have signed James Bradbury to more than a one-year deal. Now, I'm sure Bradbury only wanted a one-year deal so that he could get back out onto the open market. That that might have been a non-starter of how he had said, listen, we're going to bring you in. We we need a little bit more than just one year out of you. But we'll, we'll give Howie the benefit of the doubt there that that was a Bradford edict that he wasn't going to do so. Kaiser White, I'd, I'd like to know that we got Kaiser White locked in this year, knowing that Edwards could walk away, didn't get that done. Um, I don't know how far they did or didn't get with a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson conversation. We know they acquired him with only one year to go. We know that the Saints were willing to trade him because they talked to him about an extension and it went nowhere fast. So there's a reason why they got all these guys on the free agent list this year. It's because they all got to their final year of their contract without the Eagles getting an extension done with them. Miles comes back. Do you hammer a two-year deal down his throat and say, listen, you want to come back? You love Philadelphia. We kind of love you, but we're, we're, we're looking to do a two-year deal here so that you get coverage on the back end so you don't have to go through the process again next year of figuring out who's going to be your running back going forward. Um, no, I, I think the only way he's back is, is with the one-year deal. And then, and that's part of it. I mean, that part of it's baked in, in the fact that they don't want to spend a lot of money at that position. You know, yeah, maybe how he, how he loves those uh, disposable years on the back end. So he can spread out the cap bit for as long as humanly possible. Well, yeah, he does. Uh, but in the case of that's what 
big money contracts. You don't have to do that with the with the lesser money deals, and that's where Miles would be if if if, if he's coming back. That would be a lesser money deal. So you're not worried about all the void years on the back end. You're worried about void years for Chauncey Gardner Johnson players like that are going to cash in. Um, the only way he's back is at a significant discount if he finds, if he doesn't find what he wants. I'm looking up the market values, Spotrack's market values. They have Miles two years at 14.4 million. So. million a season. If he gets that, he's not coming back. You know, I agree. Pretty simple. Um, You know, if that's not there, and and Martin made a good point with the two years, you know, he's going to want a two year deal. I don't think anybody's given Miles Sanders more than two years. I don't think there's some dumb teams. I I I don't think they're that dumb. Um, If that, if that contract's not there, Maybe he comes back, but um, two years over seven million a year. No, I don't think he's coming back. And I looked up Kaiser White. They got two years eight eight point five million for Kaiser. He's not coming back if that's what he gets. Eight five each or eight five total. Eight five each, seventeen total. Yeah, that's that's a that, after playing one year for three million dollars. Yeah, no that, way. He had that no kind way. of a year. He had that good year. But that's the thing. Everybody had a career year, Jody. Everybody right. on this stinking defense with the worst defensive coordinator in the history of the mankind had a career year. Almost every single one of them. So let me ask you this. And I've been meaning to ask you this. I've had it on my show sheet for three days now. Um, Edwards and Kaiser White are both free agents. We know that N'Kobe Dean... Uh, the Eagles think kindly of him, and he will slot into one of those two positions. If they re-sign one and the other one walks, and you're saying you're not sure if the Eagles can put a value on Nicobe D uh, on uh, Kaiser White, like Pro Football Focus is suggesting, he should get on the open market. So if Edwards is coming back, which what's their number on Edwards? By the oh, way, if, if I, Kaiser I, I, White I, is that high. Edwards is better than he is, so it's got to be higher. Four, four years, uh, forty-seven, uh, forty-eight million dollars for TJ. That's going to take. 48. That's going to take a heavy swallow by the Eagles, who do not usually like yeah, to put that kind mean. of value into the yeah. linebacker position. Yeah. Um. So they they can only sign one of those guys, and I don't know if they want to pay that money to TJ. To be honest, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, um, but they're certainly not keeping both, uh, and and you know it can go either way. If if you know Jonathan Gannon, for instance, want, wants to pay that money for TJ and say, "Hey, come run my defense here," um, you know the Eagles might keep Kaiser and let Nicobe play middle linebacker. If not, they'll keep TJ and let uh, Nicobe play weak side linebacker. So you know they'll keep one, but they're not keeping both. And the other thing about the Eagle linebackers this year, um, this falls under the career year type category. Neither one of them missed any time either. They're out there for almost every damn snap. The only time they ever come off is when they're down to one linebacker and they're in their dime package and I got secondary guys all over the place because the other teams that are five wide receiver set. Otherwise, Edwards and White were out there for every single snap. They just never got hurt. 
So one thing we didn't find out about the Eagles this year was what is truly their depth at the linebacker position? Because they didn't need to find out because those guys were A, that good and B, that healthy. We know Dean is going to step into one of the two spots. Does either Sean Bradley or Ellis have any chance of being a guy who's playing something other than special teams last year? Do they like the backup linebackers who never get a sniff? Shoot, Nicobe Dean almost never played from uh, the line of scrimmage uh, uh, this year. Certainly those other two guys only got in in tiempo de garbage when the game was already decided. Do they like either one of those guys enough to give them a chance to compete for a job next year? Um, not for a starting job? No. No. Um, Number one no. backup linebacker. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that, that's part of it. I mean, you know, Christian, <clears throat> excuse me, Christian Ellis was a, you know, quite the find for them when they did have the slight improvement um, um, in special teams later in the season. A lot of that had to do with, you know, giving him a chance. So they liked him from that perspective. Um but no, I, you know, they're not starting level players. And, 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 you know, that's part of the, the difficulty of this. All of a sudden the attrition and it, 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 it boggles down. And if you do get an injury next year, and it could be TJ, it could be Kaiser, one of them are back. As you mentioned, that's another part of the Eagles 14 and three season, the star aligning. They were relatively healthy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it would have been, you know, N'Kobe's got talent and obviously played at a high level in college, but you would have had some startup costs there if you were forced into the lineup. So once you start getting farther down the list to the Christian Ellis's, the Sean Bradley's, whomever, um, yeah, wouldn't have, wouldn't have been as good. Let's put it that way. So, uh yeah, I, I no, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. But you know, there's other ways they're going to draft uh, a line. And I'm looking at Pro Football Focus while I'm saying this. They have TJ at three years, thirteen and a half million a year. Um, and again, that's even if you get the one less year, it's a big matzo ball, as Jerry Seinfeld would say, especially at that position for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and you, you still have people today say, TJ can't cover. TJ can't do this because he's undrafted. You know, it's going to be interesting. That might be the most interesting decision of all. There's splashier decisions, but that might be the most interesting decision of all, uh, TJ Edwards. And I think it really will come down to dollars and cents. Uh, I, I, you and I are both TJ Edwards fans. Uh, I was the guy who suggested last year before they extended him for this year. You know how he loves doing that, get the contract off the table thing. Why haven't they done it with T.J. Edwards when he got off to as good a start as he did last year? And shoot, three weeks later, they had a contract done with T.J. Edwards for this season, this past season. Uh, and you've been talking him up for over a year now that he, he is underrated and underappreciated just because he wasn't drafted which I know annoys me, I think, even more so than you. You kind of accept the fact that your uh, resume is your resume and you're, you're held to it forever. I'd say at some point 
You got to forget where you were, dra were or weren't drafted. You should purely be judged by what you do on the field in the NFL and pedigree still holds sway, which I think is ludicrous, ridiculous, and stupid. But it's all going to come down to money. They, they, I think they want him back. I think they like him. I think they'll go to a certain length to try and keep him. But if the market explodes on him, we, we were just talking about running backs and the fact that the league has come back to the pack and that there's only a handful of teams that are willing to actually sink over $10 million per into a running back. What do you think the league's thought process is on linebacker? Are there more teams like the Eagles or less like the Eagles that are so uh, upfront and defensive backfield minded that the linebacker is becoming a, uh, I think uh, uh, they, they all fall linebacker, not edge rusher. Because again, labeling is part of the problems as well. Like I hate when people call Hassan Reddick a linebacker. Um, now, theoretically, if you pull up the Eagles roster, it'll say linebacker. So I get why people do it, but it's a different position than all ball linebacker. They do not value all ball linebackers. It's the running back of the defense in the NFL. Um, just what it is. Um, um, that's right. But do you think the rest of the league, the other teams in the league? Yeah. If, for if the most part, if we're now, uh, suggesting that everybody's kind of caught up that says you can't, just can't pay a running back that money. Um, linebackers fall into I don't think category. it's as bad as running back. I think there's more teams willing to say, uh, this guy's a pretty good player, whether it's, you know, Bobby Wagner, Fred Warner, people like that. Um, and say, you know, even Roquan Smith is a top 10 pick. I bring up a lot, uh, Devin White in Tampa Bay. I think there's more teams, uh, willing to do it probably in the 10 range, as opposed to five or below with running back. Um, but it is shrinking yearly. Um, and I don't think it's changing. Uh, I think it's going in a bad direction for those all ball linebackers. But I think you are right. Uh, one thing that you got to keep your eye on, even if the rest of the league is a little skittish on paying linebackers, maybe Jonathan Gannon walks into the general manager's office and says, you got to get me this guy. I, if we're going to overspend in an area, I'm telling you, he'll be our defensive leader. He'll be our take charge guy. It's worth going above and beyond our comfort level. If T.J. Edwards is not a Philadelphia Eagle, I would probably bet good money on him being an Arizona Cardinal. I think you're right about that. I think that uh, G Gannon will go in and fight for his former linebacker. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, you know, I'm looking at some other valuations. Miles is three years, seven and a half million. Uh, no way he's coming back with three years. Um, that's PFF versus Spotrack. Uh, spot rack, whatever it's called. I apologize. Uh, they have Kaiser White much less. I thought that was way high. Uh, so spot rack was what I was talking about originally. They had Kaiser two years, eight and a half million. I that shocked me. Um, Pro Football Focus, which is our buddy Brad Spielberger, we'll have to get him on the show when we come back, has Kaiser at two years at 4 million per year. Uh, that to me makes more sense. I think that is more likely 
uh, to be the end game for Kaiser White. Yeah, I think uh, are you a fan of Nick Virgil? Uh, uh, Nick, but, no, not at all. Uh, you don't want Nick, uh, Nick Vigil. <laughs> Nick Vigil was playing uh, for the Cardinals last year. I can see TJ Edwards slotting in and replacing him next year. That's an investment. That Another guy we haven't talked about is Epsi. Uh, two years, $6.75 million per year. He's not coming back at those numbers. If that's the case... He's not coming back. Yeah, I think uh, I think that number's a little high. I'd be surprised if he could get that. Again, we're going to pin everybody to Gannon. The Gannon's going to come in here and raid the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think he likes Epsi, too. Will he go to the wall for Epsi like he would uh, go for? No, I no. don't think so. No, 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 no. I, I, I can't But I that. do think he'll get an opportunity to be a starter somewhere. Um. Well, he Marcus should. He was a starter here on a defense that was number one against the pass of the league. Why the hell yeah. wouldn't he get a chance to start somewhere? Um, well, he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad, as you mentioned. And the team success was was good, despite the narrative around Philadelphia. The team success, as you mentioned, number one pass defense. And by the way, you talk about uh, TJ. Marcus is the guy who never left the field, literally never left the field. Played ninety nine percent of the snaps. Um, yeah, he'll get he'll get an opportunity, um, and he's going to be difficult to keep as well. Uh, very difficult. And the thing about if they get Chauncey Gardner Johnson signed, uh, Reed Blankenship did step in and play yeah. well. Well, that's that part of it day. too. We should have brought up him. That's my fault as one of those second year players. Again, just because he's undrafted. He's another guy. He's waiting. So you got to sign two. You can only sign one. You want CJ, and then you plug in Reed Blankenship at the other safety spot. He played well enough because of injury with CJ DJ going down that uh, I think you have pretty good confidence that he can be one of your starting safeties next year. Magamac guys, McDonald and McMullen hanging with John Birds 365. We will be joined by another Eagle insider, good as it gets. From NBC Sports, Philly, Davidson Garrow up next here on Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. 
Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Neilbronner, managing partner at Delval Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! from NBC Sports Philly. Dave, I'm seeing a little gray in that beard, not not equivalent to McMullen and McDonald. No, but... He's got a ways to go before he catches up to us, man. A ways to go. It's good to see you, though, Dave. Yeah, it's good I'm to see you guys. seeing you every day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's that little lull we get uh, and, and the combine. So it's going to prick up pretty soon. I guess we'll start with the coordinator searches because it's interesting, the dichotomy. Eagles, at least publicly, talking to a lot of guys on the defensive side. I think we all assume Brian Johnson's going to be the offensive coordinator. But in theory, they have to talk to somebody to uh, satisfy the Rooney rules. But nothing has developed yet. What do you make of the the search? And and and, and what are the tea leaves? What do you what do you think the reasons are behind it? Yeah, I mean, starting with the offensive coordinator, I think we all just understand the situation there that it's going to be Brian Johnson um, and deservingly. So I, you know, I, I think a lot of people look at the Jalen hurts connection. That's certainly important, but it, I mean, his work merits consideration too. And Jalen hurts is a part of that, but whatever connection they had, he's getting the most out of them. So, uh, and you look back at his stops at Florida and Mississippi state, and even like early days at Utah, like he's done a lot of really good things. So um I think he was he's going to get this chance eventually, whether it was here or somewhere else. So uh, in a way, the Eagles are lucky the timing worked out the way it did. And, you know, good thing the Colts didn't have another coach back out and have to wait another month to hire Shane Steichen because <laughs> they probably would have lost Brian Johnson in the process. So uh, that works out well. And then on defense, I still think Denard Wilson's a really strong candidate. I know he's an internal candidate, and I know fans are, like, worried that it's just going to be Jonathan Gannon's defense. But like I I think there will be some staples if if 
Denard gets the job, but you look at his background and it's really varied. Um, he sure he was under Gannon the last two years, but Greg Williams influence Todd Bowles influence. So I'm sure he has some other ideas uh, philosophically about defense. And then you have to remember what Nick Sirianni said in his end of the season presser, like he dictates defense in a way by the guy he hires and, and some overall thoughts about philosophically what his defense wants, what he wants his defense to be. Um, so to me, that's- yeah, yeah. real quick to jump in there, Dave, as a follow-up, because when, when Gannon got hired, I thought we were going to see like a bunch of Mike Zimmer stuff. Didn't and we it. didn't, we didn't see it at all. And then I said, well, I guess he took a liking to Matt Everflute. So we'll see a lot of Everflute stuff. Not at all. Um, well, we saw some of it last year in, in 21. We saw some well, Everflute stuff. A little bit, but <laughs> it's mainly the Pangios and, and Brandon, he's very close to Brandon Staley's version of the big Pangio defense. But my, my larger question is, does Nick have more of an imprint on this philosophy that we all think? Because, you know, Jonathan was running, at least from what Nick says, what he wanted. Yeah, it's possible. It'll be really, I'm curious to see what that defense in Arizona looks like this coming season. Yeah. Uh, especially with Nick Rollis out there with him. Uh I think, you know, you're right. We, we, know, uh, when they hired Gannon, I like did a crash course on the Zimmer gap defense. pressure. Yeah. And we never I, saw I was like, a single double yeah. gap blitz, you know, like yeah. there was none of that. Uh, and even Zimmer over time really changed his defense too. Yeah. A lot of stuff. More of an overload. Uh, yeah. Blitz. Like, but either way, and they're not I, there. I um, thought we were going to see that third down pressure that Eagles fans would have loved, by the way. But we didn't see it. We saw a bunch of, uh, you know, light boxes, um, cover quarters coverage. And by the way, they were very successful. I I don't I think I'm bananas. I mean, number two defense, seventy sacks, all the turnovers. They played a bad second half of the Super Bowl, but they were in the Super Bowl, Dave. I, I mean, that's pretty good overall over a large sample size. Yeah, I think a lot of the frustration about Gannon's defense boiled down to mindset, and it's like it's just not—it's not always the most fun thing to watch. <laughs> and that I agree with. Ask, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to like ask yourself, what's more important here—the success or? But you also have to question, like, is it built to? I don't know if any defense is built to beat Patrick Mahomes, but like, is it built to beat one of those elite quarterbacks? Uh, who has the ability to nickel and dime you down the field with efficiency like that? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Well, I, I, we won't get to see it now. Um, probably that iteration of the defense we'll never see again, right? Like it, just by the the nature of, of changing players and changing coaches. But um, <clears throat> I think a lot of it probably does stem from Nick. Getting back to your original question, like I, I think Gannon had a ton of it. Like obviously it's his defense. I think Nick would steer in certain ways at times, but it's funny. Like uh, we talked uh, in 2021, it, Nick's directive during the season, at least the public one was we need to be more aggressive defensively, which kind of contradicts what he said after this season where, you know, yo, everything is about explosive plays and we want to prevent the explosive plays, which is a really good strategy. Uh, at times it can be frustrating to watch if they're not getting pressure and if they're not, 
getting turnovers, and we've seen that happen too. I was really fascinated they interviewed Vance Joseph because it that really seems to not be what Nick wants. And maybe yeah, exactly. gathering yeah. information from Vance about some of his philosophies, but that never seemed to make sense to me. Like what we've seen the Eagles be and what we think they want to be defensively. I mean, Vance is not like that at all. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. uh, it's uh, a very good system until it's not, AKA second half of the Super Bowl when Mahomes surgically went down the field and kept sticking it in the end zone against them. Uh, so that's why uh, as Jonathan Gannon leaves town, there are a whole bunch of people that aren't uh, worried about him leaving. But here's my defensive coordinator question for both of you two guys. Forget Vance Joseph. Forget Sean Desai. Forget Denard Wilson. Why isn't Vic Fangio the defense coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles? They had the creator. They had him in-house. They had him with him out of the Super Bowl prepping for this game. And then all of a sudden, he's the D.C. of the Miami Dolphins. What has Miami got on defense that the Eagles don't have? Timing. Yeah, timing exactly, <laughs> and they made him the high, and and he was he was hired before he was a consultant, which was so interesting because you never see that. Um, but Miami agreed to terms with him before the Eagles agreed to terms with him, and it was just a timing thing. And he's the highest paid defensive coordinator in football. But I think if the timing worked out, as Dave pointed, say Jonathan got the Houston job, and everybody knew it. I think maybe Vic would be the defensive coordinator here. Yeah, and when when Jonathan Gannon didn't get that Houston job, everyone thought he was coming back, and him yeah. included. Like that's yeah. the problem, you know. And that's why I said like the timing, at least for the Eagles, offensively works out where you know they don't end up losing Steichen and Brian Johnson. Uh, it didn't work out defensively if, if Fangio would have been a legitimate target, and based on everything we know, that would have made a ton of sense for both of them. And like you, you know, there was this thought that well, the ink hasn't dried. He hasn't signed those yeah, papers no, yet with Miami. But yeah. I mean, you, you you just can't do that if you're Vic. Well, Daniels. you can if you're Josh McDaniels, but not if you're professional. Well, I mean, yeah. you get in a room with Jim Irsay for four hours and tell me you might not change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so I uh, look. It, I I was one of those people. Well, he hasn't signed yeah. the papers yet, but you just you can't do that. And yeah, uh, he he agreed to terms with them, and he's there now. So the, the timing, I, I think, it really just came down to timing there. And it's not a guarantee he would have gotten the job. Um, the, no. the Eagles no. value their interview process; they're not just going to go in with preconceived notions. Jeffrey Lurie won't let them handle it that way. Well, then yeah. I, I hate to keep coming back to this, and John keeps talking. We don't know who they have or haven't talked to. Okay, everything's leaking on the defensive side, but somehow the Eagles are completely seal-proof on the offensive side. How come they haven't interviewed anybody else other than Brian Johnson? If yeah, they I, their I, interview I, don't, I don't know if that's accurate, though. I, th- we don't know publicly who they've interviewed, right? So. All right, so that, I'll try again. Then why do we know six or seven guys who uh, have interviewed or they talked to or shown interest in for defensive coordinator but they're these shadow figures that we don't know anything about on the offensive side. How have they been able to keep offensive interviews so under wraps, but yet not been able to keep anything defensively under wraps? Well, I don't know the answer to that necessarily, like from a factual standpoint, but let me ask you this, Jody, if you were interviewing for a job that you knew was going to John, 
would you tell everyone about it? It's <laughs> a good point. So Denard Wilson is not a given. Not not no, the same I level of given clear. that Johnson. Okay. Um. Yeah, because all the leaks are not coming from the Eagles' side. I mean, the Eagles. Remember, Dave, that you know everybody confirms now in the NFL head coaching interviews. If you're looking for head, you'll see on Twitter. We finished an interview with so and so. We've completed an interview. The Eagles wouldn't even do that when they were going through the process to hire Nick Sirianni. I remember arguing with the PR staff. I mean, can you at least confirm the interviews? Everybody else does it. No, we don't want to do that. Um, I don't know why. But they just want to send the their stuff- one release with here are the 37 staff changes yeah, we've had. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, with Vance Joseph, I don't know if you saw, but um, Mike Cleese, who covers the Broncos, is pretty plugged in with Broncos. Certain Vance was saying like, eh, I thought he had a good chance at the Eagles job and the Denver job. And as makes sense, he wants to portray like I made the decision to go back to Denver. I don't necessarily buy that. I don't think I'm with you. I think the Eagles are from the defensive side. I think it's Denard versus Sean Desai. Uh, simply because they want to use the same scheme. Those are the two guys that at least have experience in the same scheme, but they want to look at sort of innovative college coaches because most of the innovation comes from the college level. They want to look at adding some pressure. Maybe. So you talk to Vance Johnson. That's what I think is going on, but, and, and ultimately it comes down to look, if somebody blows you away, like Nick did, in a head coaching interview, hire him. Jesse Minner blows you away, hire him. The guy, kid from Georgia blows you away, hire him. If not, then you can come back and say, look at all the people we interviewed, and Denard Wilson is the best candidate. That's kind of my frame on that. What I, I want to get your thoughts on. Yeah, I, and I, I think the Eagles really value the process maybe more than any other team in the league when it comes to interviewing for these high profile jobs. So I'm including the coordinators and especially head coach. I mean, their head coaching interviews are legendary Yeah, around yeah. the league. I, I mean, I, I know there was the story of Brandon Staley when he got the chargers job was so thrilled because he was scheduled to meet with the Eagles. And he like, he's like, <laughs> I don't know if I have this in me right now to, yeah. to go through that marathon. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that the interview from Mike or the the report from Mike said that Vance interviewed on Zoom for like four and a half hours four and, and half had hours, another yeah. session scheduled the following day. I, that sounds like oh man, they're about to hire this guy until you really understand their process and and know that that's not unusual. Like they they dive deep uh, into these interviews and uh, it is not a walk in the park. And they try they're they're trying to get information. It's not about just trying to figure out if they want to hire you. It's they're learning concepts and they're getting, you know, I, I think there is a ton of value in, you know, learning about pressure from Vance Joseph and, and blitz scheme from Vance Joseph, because he, he does it maybe not better than everyone, but certainly more than more than everyone. just about everyone. So uh, I think that's what they're using it for. And I, I always thought it like a guy like Vance Joseph didn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I would have been really fascinated if they hired him to see what the heck this defense would have looked like, because if Vance Joseph 
blitzed as much as he did in Arizona with this defensive line, he'd be out of his mind. Um, but it, like, I was kind of fascinated to see what it would look like. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, let me uh, move over back onto the field with the players. Um, don't know if you saw it. I think it was Matt Castle on the NFL Network came out with the very first quarterback rankings heading to 2023. Somebody's got to go first. And Matt Castle raised his hand and said, all right, I'll do it. And, of course, he has Patrick Mahomes, number one. He has Jalen Hurts, number two. What happens if Howie Roseman meets with Jalen Hurts' agent next week and says, the agent says, well, Matt Castle is fairly <laughs> respected for him. Play. We want to be the second high paid quarterback in the National Football League. And Howie goes, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa. Jalen's only done it for one year. And the agent says, so you pay in arrears here in the National Football League? You pay for what you used to do? Our guy was number two. Aaron Rodgers was number 12. And oh, by the way, he makes 50 million. So we start above and beyond 50 million for us. Is there any chance that conversation happens and becomes a major fly in the ointment to the Eagles offseason? No, I mean, I don't think, with all respect to Matt Castle, I, I don't know if that's a, a huge bargaining chip. That's not chip. a negotiating I, point. Yeah, I think the bigger bargaining chip is look what our guy just did. <laughs> In his second season as a starter, he was an MVP candidate, took us to the Super Bowl, might have outplayed the best quarterback in the world on the biggest stage of the game. Now, with that said, I don't know if I'd have him second right now. Um, if I'm playing that game, I, I'd probably have him behind Joe Burrow. But either way, he's a top three, yeah. top four, top four. He's a top quarterback in the league. <laughs> uh, and the convert, like, if you're Nicole Lynn, his agent, you, you do start really high. That's how. It's how negotiations work. I always laugh when I hear, you know, so-and-so asked for X amount of money. Well, yeah, that's why wouldn't that's you? how yeah. it works. Like you Opening ask for a lot though, and right? then you whittle yeah. it down to what you eventually get. I mean, that's just how, yeah. that's how any negotiation works if you're doing it the right way. Um, so yeah, they're going to ask for a ton and then it's going to be a process and, and they're going to come up with a number that's still going to be really, really high. And I think, you know, the in terms of average per year, that's a big deal. That's how we label players like they're the ex highest paid so-and-so in the league. But the, the guaranteed money is really what matters. And the commitment they show to Jalen Hurts long term is what really matters. So um, it lost in all the contract stuff is going to be the important details. And, and that sometimes matters even more. Yeah, and I agree. And, and by the way, the Eagles' history is it's not going to be a problem. They understand the cost of doing business at that particular position, and they're going to be in the I, – I, I don't think it's going to – they understand better than most. It's only going up, and Joe Burrow's coming down the pike, and Justin Herbert's coming down the pike. So, if anything, they want to get it done quickly to save as much money as possible. But I want to talk about free agency as a whole. The other positions are more interesting to me because I know what's going to happen with Jalen. They got a lot of decisions to make, especially on the defensive side of the football tape. And we were talking about some of these valuations coming out, whether it's you like pro football focus, uh, spot rack, you know, they value the, and they're usually pretty good. Players like Javon Hargrave. Everybody had a career year on defense, Dave. Everybody, James Bradbury's getting paid. Chauncey's getting paid. TJ's getting paid. They can probably only keep one of the linebackers, one of the safeties. Um, James is probably going to walk. 
I don't know what you do with defensive tackle. Do you want to pay Javon Hargrave $20 million a year? Do you have to at age 30? Is this defense going to look way different next year, or do you think they can sort of at least keep a core group together? Well, they'll, they'll keep part of the core together, but it, it's going to look different because there's so many free agents. I mean, both safeties, both linebackers, both starting defensive tackles are free agents. I mean, that's that's a ton. That's the entire middle of your defense. Uh, if you're we're looking at priorities, to me, CJ is a guy I, I, I won back on the Eagles. I don't think they traded for him to let him walk. Um he played really well in his first year of safety. There's still some going to be some growing pains. I think we kind of gloss over that. Like it didn't, it wasn't yeah. always great. You know, like yeah. he was learning a position, but the fact that he played as well as he did in his first year at that spot is, is really encouraging. He's a young player. I think you feel good about paying him, whatever it takes to keep him. After that, my big next biggest priority is Javon Hargrave until the price gets to be too high, which it very well could. Uh, so I, I think they're like, tears to this and those would be my top two guys love to keep tj really would i i I don't know if you want to spend the amount of money on tj that you might get on the open market but it's like it's also tricky because you're trying to figure out what the rest of the league is doing too and sometimes these markets play out differently than you expect remember years ago the eagles were like in the market for a receiver and then the receiver market just went bananas and they were left out. And then they quickly funneled their money elsewhere. And then another player becomes like he's then one of the receivers is like, I forget who it was. It was like Rashad Perriman or someone's stupid, you know, doesn't it seems silly now, but like then he ended up being much cheaper later on, but they had already put their money somewhere else. And that's the problem is like they're, they're spending a lot of time and energy trying to figure out which way the league is going to go. But, ultimately like you don't know what's going to happen and you just have to be kind of prepared to roll with it i'm sure they have some plans in place but you never know exactly how things are going to play out when you had your uh end of season media session even though what was it you called howie roseman john uh annoyed or frustrated uh, uh he looked depressed to me depressed uh, that's way we were I going through the stages of depression depressed. and yeah. how he was uh stages of uh, well, stages of grief uh, grief the yes. elizabeth kubler ross uh met i think he was still and how he was uh, still stuck that. in the depression yeah. um but he did say and i think you got to accept it at face value that come draft time the eagles are going to take the best available player um, that they they want to be in a position to just draft the most talented guy rather than draft for need and fill a hole. And last year he proved that. He went out and took uh, positional players other than Jordan Davis. And, oh, by the way, they had enough guys there. He was just a uh, situational substitution guy. So he took a situational <laughs> substitution guy, an unquestioned backup center, and a pretty much unquestioned backup linebacker with his first three picks. That's not drafting for need. That's drafting for overall depth of your team. So he's coming off a season when he absolutely did it. They do that again this year, or are they going to have too many holes that he can't do it, that he's going to have to look specifically for need because they're going to have so many free agents walk away? No, I I really – I mean, and Howie's in a position where he says he doesn't feel like he's – 
has this like lifetime GM status that he can do whatever he wants for the long term future. But uh, the fact of the matter is, he does have that backing from the organization, where some GMs are fighting for their jobs every year, uh, and they they feel that need to to draft for need and plug holes and make the roster better. Uh, overall, for the health of your franchise, it's better to not feel that pressure to do that. And we saw that. I mean, last year was a textbook example. Yep. Uh, those guys just didn't have the opportunities in, in their rookie years. The Eagles, uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, looked all this up. Um, credit to them because I wouldn't have done it. It took too long. Uh, but <laughs> they got the, the fewest snaps, offensive defense, defensive snaps out of their rookie class than any other team in the league last year. Uh, and that's not a reflection on the, the draft class as players. That's a reflection on how yeah. they went about the process. Um, so I don't think it'll change this year. I think, you know, they, I don't think they just draft the best player available. It's best player available um, with weighted positional rankings, if that makes sense. Like they obviously weight certain positions <clears throat> yeah. more than others. So the best player available is a running back. It doesn't mean they're drafting a running back, right? It, yeah. it means that they kind of weigh it. Uh, and and they weigh the player. Like if the player is special, then they'll make an exception. Yeah, they're yeah. not taking a quarterback at number ten. Uh, yeah, he might be the best player. But exactly. They're not taking. Yeah, uh, but like I, I think that th- there could be like a tiebreaker scenario of need. Like you know, man, these two players are deadlocked. We think the positions are similar in weighted value. Well, we need this position. I think that could be maybe a tiebreaker, but I don't think it's going to be a driving force of the draft. All right. Uh, last one from me, Dave, at D Zangaro, NBCS. Follow Dave on Twitter, uh, NBCSports.com backslash Philadelphia. You can read him there. Does a tremendous job covering this football team. Uh, you mentioned TJ a little bit. He's the most interesting free agent to me defensively. You laid out why. Uh, really good player. Love to keep him, but he might be too expensive. The most interesting player to me, and probably only me, because everybody else has kind of moved on from Miles Sanders, and I'm there. 90% chance he's not going to be back. But that position is so devalued, Dave. It is so devalued, and teams are getting smarter. There are less. It seems like there are less and less teams each year willing to pay a running back. So you look at the landscape and you see Josh Jacobs and you see uh, Tony Pollard. Who was the other one we mentioned, Jody? Um, Saquon Barkley. uh, Saquon Barkley, depending on what the Giants do. Even guys like Alexander Madison, I know he's a free agent that could be cheaper. Um, There's so many running backs out there. If Miles doesn't find that two-year deal, that three-year deal, and it might not be there for him. Could he be back with the Eagles? Yeah, you kind of think about like Derek Barnett last year. It's a little different circumstance, but like the market doesn't develop. He's comfortable here. He feels like he can still contribute and get that big deal elsewhere next year, possibly. Uh, I look at it from Miles' perspective, but it's like, man, if he can't get a deal – after the year he just had, like, is it ever going to get better for Miles Sanders than every game have 1200 yards and 11 touchdowns? It's probably not. And that's not a shot at him. It's just like, that's a really good season. Uh, It's hard to imagine him playing better, but uh, yeah, if he doesn't get that deal, you're looking at, okay, this offense is still really good. Offensive line is still really good. You have Jalen hurts 
who just by being on the football field opens up a lot for me as a player. I mean, if you're talking about, should I stay here and take a cheap deal or go elsewhere and take a cheap deal, stay here wins in a landslide, you would think. All right, last one for me, and it's to give you guys credit. When I say you, I mean NBC Sports Philly. You guys did a great job uh, leading up to the Super Bowl and then the game itself and the postgame stuff thereafter. Uh, you and Ruben Frank uh, hanging together as much as you did. Did you guys share a car often? Uh, at the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't rent one, so uh, Rube rented one, and we were at the same hotel, so we did quite a bit, yeah. Gotcha. So when you get in a car, does he just completely take over the listening to music? Because he is <laughs> such a musical wonk. Do you have no say in the matter? Do you just sit back, relax, and go, all right, well, I got uh, Ruben's going to run the music. I got no choice here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, so, but, like, and it was his car. Like, uh, If I drive him somewhere, I will control the music. Like if it's right. my car, How's that go? Yeah. It's fine. Like we have, he knows my taste enough that like he'll like. He Is he a fun. snob about your taste, though, Dave? Is he a snob about your musical taste? <laughs> no, I don't let him be. Good for you. All right, TZ yeah. talking some smack. No, I mean like, music you. is so subjective. But like when, so like yeah. in Arizona, uh, <laughs> we were listening to. He had a satellite radio in the rental car so we were listening to he knows i've been a big fan of, of i don't know what you call it like outlaw country music recently sure um and it felt like it fit out there right like listening to you know tyler childers and you know all that kind of well, stuff is that, is that new? when huh? i go outlaw country i'm going green grass and high tides i'm <laughs> going back to the 90s i'm i don't know anybody who does outlaw country in the 2000s oh there's a bunch it's it's a it's a thriving genre right now uh All right. but it was a, that really? we listened to a lot of that it, it was very fitting like driving through the desert out to the eagles hotel uh, nice there'll never be another molly hatchet uh Davis and garo thank you very much we always appreciate it whenever you hop on are you uh indianapolis bound you going out rube going out both going out uh, I'm going, going out. out uh, I think I leave Monday morning. Yeah, cool. Monday morning, Indianapolis. Howie talks Tuesday, right? Howie and Nick. Wednesday. Wednesday. Right. Howie and Nick. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. We'll hear from Jonathan Gannon on Tuesday. Ah, oh, that yeah, should be fun. Yeah. It was yeah. always Ask him fun. about the Super Bowl day. <laughs> Jonathan, that Super Bowl. What happened? <laughs> if looks could kill. Uh, Zingaro, we always appreciate it whenever you come on. Uh, thank you very much. We'll be tapping in plenty during the offseason. Have a good time out in Indy. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. Dave Zingaro, NBC Sports Philly, here with us on Birds 365. All right. Quickie timeout. Come back. We not only have to put a bow on the show and a bow on the week, but it's for a two week period because the Mac and Mac guy is going to be off next week. We'll come back and wrap it up next.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. bad boy up not only this show but this week and we're getting a full week off next week some downtime for birds 365 we went 99 weeks in a row uh we're actually gonna yeah. take one next week uh are you going to indianapolis or are you just hanging home i am not going to indianapolis um i wish i was going to indianapolis because i have a feeling um uh, my wife is going to have me doing so much stuff around the house that I'm going to be thrilled to be back on Birds 365 to get some rest uh, the week after next. <laughs> and, and oh, by the way, how many times have you gone? I've never been to the uh, Combine. I've been in, in Indianapolis for, I, of all things, the baseball winter meetings, which was weird because they usually put them in a... Uh, yeah, they usually put it in a nice, nice place, yeah. Palm uh, Beach or somewhere. Sure Nashville. enough, one year I go... Well, I did go, go uh, to Dallas once, and they got an ice storm in the middle of December, oh. which Dallas never gets. I'm lousy where, but both times I went to the winter meeting. But I did go to Indy. I've never been there for the combine. How many times have you been? Five or six, somewhere Five in that six. range. Uh, but I haven't been there recently in about uh, six or seven years. So Okay. Uh, uh, the reason why you should feel nostalgic about it is – Oh, this is the last time they're going to have the combine in Indianapolis. Yeah, probably. It, it is going to yeah. become a rotating thing, yeah. just like the draft. They're going Everything. to put it in NBA cities to make it a draw, to make it an event, to make a little scratch yeah, out of it. I agree. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I I used to love the draft being in Radio City. Uh, I loved it. Um, now that it's rotating, you know, I'm used to it, but I don't like it. Same thing I, in Indy. 
I did a show from the NFL draft for 12 out of 13 years. Over a 13-year period, I did the draft 12 times. One year, I had a wedding I had to go to. I could, But I was slotted in to host the show from the draft from New York for 12 times in 13 years. So, yeah, I kind of got ticked off when they did that. They're going to do the same thing with the, the combine. Yeah. Mark, mark yeah. it down. Uh, it's the marketing arm. It's the money-making arm of the NFL dictating. And uh, hey, hey, guess what? It'll come here to Philadelphia one year, and we'll make a big deal out of it the same way we did when we had the draft here in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, you're right, and it'll be fun the year it comes. Where do you here. think they put it? The the, the convention center downtown. Take um, you know, I don't know. The thing about the combines is a little bit different because you need the uh, infrastructure pretty consistently. They might just move it to Los Angeles, like because that they built that big campus out there with. Uh, NFL Network. I've heard that bloated. Uh, I've heard the the thought process that uh, it would move around like the draft, but I, I'm not sure if that's as logistically possible because of all the mad. The most remember to us, you know, I'm not us specifically, but the fans. The exciting part is watching the guys run and do the the the, the stuff. For the teams, the biggest part of it by far, by far, is the medical part of it. Right. And and that's the logisticals. So they have to work that out. But we'll see how it shakes out. If it were to come here, yeah, I think it would have to be I think it would have to be the convention center. Convention center, probably. Yeah. Um, but that's not gonna be for a couple of years. And we're hoping we're still doing birds three sixty five at the time. We appreciate everybody streamed in today. Don't stream on on Monday, we won't be here. But the following Monday, please be here because we're planning on being back. You never know. You sometimes poof, you just disappear. But uh, we are supposed to be back a week from Monday. The combine uh, will be in Hopefully. the rearview. No mirror. one's alerted me. I think we're coming back. But you know, it is Birds three sixty five. So go to the YouTube page. All the interviews are up there, so you can still look at stuff. Jacobsports.com. Jody McDonald, 99 straight weeks. Thank you for carrying me through this program. We, we, we're going to be back. Season three, baby. We thank guys like Dave Zangaro and Martin Frank who carry us through these weeks, one after the other after the other. All right, partner, have a uh, good week off. Hope your honey-do list isn't as long as you think it's going to be. Uh, you will get McMullen and McDonald back here in – Nine days. No two and two tonight. Nine. Nine days. We'll be back in nine days. See you then, everybody. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? 
We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.